You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. If I have your permission, I'd like to begin this week's podcast with a breathing exercise. Follow me. Breathe in and out. I know, you need that in your life. It's just a few days before Purim. It's that time of year anxiety might be starting to build inside that feeling of, you know, am I going to receive a shalachmanos when I give a shalachmanos? That, that's, it's a similar anxiety feeling on the day of Erev Rosh Hashanah, when we do Hataras Nadarim, and you have that feeling in, in shul, what's going to be? Am I going to find a partner? Am I going to find a group to be able to do Hataras Nadarim with? Am I going to be left all alone? There's that certain, it's a similar type of vibe, if you know what I mean. But there's something else that perhaps... Um, creates even more anxiety comes Parm time. And I actually had a solution of an idea. I'm looking for investors. And the anxiety field issue that comes up from year to year is the, the I don't know how you would say it, the reinstatement, the reusing of Shalach Manos. That is, we all know, you know, you get Shalach Manos and you repurpose it, you repackage it, and you give it you give it to somebody else. That same Coke that you received, you don't drink Coke, whatever, you give it to somebody else. And so on, it goes the same way. Um, you know, you give a nice Shalach Manos, you spend all that time, you spend all that money, and you give it to somebody, you give it to your friend, and... You know, you there's like a 99% chance that that guy is actually going to give it to Yenam, to a third party, to another person, and so on and so forth. That same, that same Shalach Manos can eventually make its way, you know, across the globe. And even more shocking, sometimes it could even make its way back to you. Oh, yes, it'll be repackaged. It'll say shorts instead of, you know, your last name. But it's going to be the very products you gave. So this year, Tufshin Pay Bays 2022, introducing SMT. SMT stands for Shalach Manos Tracker. These are small, minuscule, almost transparent, diaphanous trackers that you will stick in your Shalach Manos. No one will know, no one will see, and what it will do is you will be able to track it directly from your phone. These SMTs, these Shalach Manos trackers, you stick one little thing in the tissue paper and wherever you do it, of your of the shalchmanos that you're giving, no one will ever know. The recipient will not know. But what you will know is exactly where that shalchmanos ends up. You will be able to know if it stays at your friend's house, or if heaven forbid he gives it to somebody else, and if it makes its way to Nicaragua or to some other foreign location. Anyways, if you want to invest in this idea, SMTs, Shalach Manos trackers, just hit me up, let me know, and uh, maybe we can maybe we can strike a deal. It, it's almost Parim. A Parim is, is right here. It's just a couple days away. It's also this week's coming Parshas, Parshas Tzav, um, which... Almost always falls out Purim time. It's interesting, you know, the gematria, the numerical value of Haman, boo, right? If I had like a grogger, I would play it, but actually I do have something here. 
So the gematria of Haman is 95. One up from 95 is 96. What's the significance of 96? That's the numerical value of Tzav. This week's Parsha, Tzav. How do you overcome Haman? What's one up over Haman? What's one up over 95, which is Haman? 96, Tzav. And if you think about it, it's very interesting because one of the most important messages of Tzav is, if you look in the commentaries on Tzav, Rashi says it's a Lashon of Zrizus. And if you think about it, was Amalek, the ancestor of Haman, who attacked the Jewish people specifically when they, they were in the realm of Rephidim, Rifion, when they were lax, when they were not so engaged, when they were not so Amal, when they were not so strong in their Torah, in their Judaism, in their Yiddishkeit. So it's ironic that kind of to overcome Haman, who represents attacking the Jewish people when we're in a state of Rifion week. How do we overcome that? What's one up above that? Tzav, which, as Rashi tells us, is a lotion of Zrizos. Alacrity is the opposite of Rifion, a state of being lax. So it is interesting. And the way we will overcome Amalek, the way we will over, overcome Haman is by being strong, by being exciting, by being passionate, by being in the realm of Tzav. I want to tell you, it's not just a want. I feel like I need to tell you this var. Hashem gave me this var for a reason, and I feel like it needs to be shared. So in this week's Megillah, or rather in chapter 3, verse 1 of Megillah's Esther, the Megillah tells us, I don't really lay in the Megillah, but maybe maybe you'll hire me after you just heard that rendition. After these things, Gidal HaMelech Achashveros Sorry, Gidal Amelech Achashverosh as Haman ben Hamadasa, the king Achashverosh Gidal. How would you translate Gidal? Gidal means to like elevate, right? So he elevated Haman Hamadasa Haagagi the Agagi, which the Mitsudo Sion points out. Mizera Agag Melech Amalek. Haman was a direct descendant of Amalek, and the and the pasuk continues. Vainaseyo and Achashverosh elevated Haman. And placed his throne, Mayal Kolasarim, above all other officers, Asherito, who were with him, who were with Haman. So if you if you think about it, and I give part of this question credit to one of my students, Uzi Stern. What a wonderful, what a wonderful student, what a wonderful Bachar, what a wonderful Talmud, and what, a, what an amazing question that he asks. And that is, why does the Pasuk tell us so many times the same thing, right? We, again, count with me. Gidal HaMelech HaChashverosh. HaChashverosh elevated Haman. Then it says, Vayinaseu. He lifted him up. Then it says, Vayasam Eskiso. He placed his throne over all everybody else. That's like three different ways of saying the exact same thing. I mean, that belongs in the Department of Redundancy Department, if anything, does it not? Why does it say so many times? So when Uzi asked me this question, it, it, it struck me. I'm like, wow, this, this is a great question. I'm going to look into it. And lo and behold, that night I was looking, maybe it was the next morning, I don't remember, please forgive me. Anyways, Yom Kippurim is like Kippur, so I hope you're welcoming. So I was looking around and I found the Malbim. And the Malbim says something absolutely amazing. Bear with me. He says, Mini Musei Hamelachim. It's from the etiquette of the kings. 
Check out these words. Shalom legadel ish hediot pisom mishefel hamadrega ad rum hamaalos. A person does not become elevated from a low state to a high state pisom suddenly. It does not happen overnight. It does not happen in an umo momento. It does not happen at a moment's notice. To grow, this is the etiquette of the kings, to grow, to become to become up above and sit up high, it takes a while, it's a, it's a slow, steady process. And that's why the Pasuk says in different ways, It's talking about different ways, it's talking about the fact that Haman had to rise and, and, and he had to rise level after level. Madrega, Achar Madrego, until finally he was placed above above everybody else. By the way, how long, right? This Pasuk tells us Achashverosh was placed above everybody else. It's talking about the rise of Haman. How many days was Haman on top for? If you think about it, was it a number of years? Was it five years? No, it wasn't. In fact, one of the Hasidish uh, Rebbes points out that exactly 70 verses later in the Megillah, it tells us Vayislu, right? It says they hung Haman on the gallows. And that is a remez to the fact that it was 70 days. 70 Pesukim later tells us that it was 70 days where Haman was actually in power for. Wasn't that many days, 70 days. But anyways, the Malvin addresses this question from Uzi, and he answers that the reason why the Megillah says it in these three ways a bunch of times is to tell us that Haman didn't just rise to power Pisom, suddenly, rather, it took plenty of time. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we believe in this? So the Malam says this is true when it comes to the Nimuse HaMelech, the etiquette of the kings. But is this true when it comes to Yiddishkeit, when it comes to Judaism? So the answer is yes and no. On a certain level, yes, it takes time. Growth doesn't always just happen overnight. You know, it takes time, it takes growth, it takes patience, and it it takes a lifetime of work. That's all true. But there is a stark contrast between the Nimusei HaMelech, between the etiquette of the king. What the etiquette of the king tells us that a person cannot rise from a low state to high state suddenly. And that, my friends, is not true when it comes to Yiddishkeit. In Judaism, we believe that a person can can be on the lowest level. A person can be on a Shefel Madrega, on a very low level. Yet, he could switch and be on top. He can make a decision right then and there that can change the trajectory of his life, that can change the very sense, the very essence of his being. Like the Gemara tells us in a couple of places in Avodah Zarah, Yesh Kona Olamo Bishah Achas. There are those who can acquire Olam Haba in uno momento, in one moment, peace home, suddenly, right? Elazar ben Dordaya, or rather, should I say, Reb Elazar ben Dordaya, who was known to be a promiscuous type of person. He was Mizana with many women, yet the Torah tells us at the last moment, Yesh Kono Lamo Achas, he didn't do an Avera, and the Gemara even calls him a Rebbe. It calls him Reb Elazar ben Dordaya. And it's interesting, I've seen in the Chaim Friedlander Sefer, he says that name, Elazar ben Dordaya, if you think about it, means Elazar, Kel Azer, God helps Ben, Besoch, during Dordaya, a state of Solas. Hashem helps 
out even when a person is on a Shefel Madrego, on a low level. Hashem is still there, and a person can hop around right then and there. A person can become so great even in a moment of tremendous lowness, tremendous weakness. Yesh kona ulama b'sha'acha. So if you think about it in history, one of the good exemplars, one of the good paragons of, 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 that, of that was Rabbi Akiva, the great Rabbi Akiva. He was a person who at the age of 40, he decided, wait a second. You know, he, again, he was a simple, he was a simple Jew. He was completely illiterate. He had no... Yet at age of 40, he saw the water on a rock, and he said, if water can penetrate a rock, and certainly Torah, which is compared to water, can penetrate me. And he began to learn and learn. So yeah, it took a process to, for him to learn. But boom, in a snap, like a moment, he changed the trajectory of his life and the trajectory of the Jewish people at that moment. In one moment, Pisom, he was completely elevated. He became a different person. It's interesting, the gematria, the numerical value of Rebbe Akiva is actually 395, the same as Nishama. Because each of us has that within us, that capacity that it's never too late. In fact, just today, actually, I was... Um, walking outside and I met this this elderly lady and she she was explaining to me that she just uh, you know that she just became Shomer Shabbos she, and she's like yeah you know I, I just became Shomer Shabbos and I'm 90 years old I'm like think to myself 90 years old you just became Shomer Shabbos she's still telling me that she has a struggle she still drives to show okay Beseder but I mean the fact that the fact that she's that she decided at the age of ninety to be Shomer Shabbos to keep kashras and things like that. I was I was hashtag mind blown. Um, you know, may she may she live to a hundred and twenty. But Rabbi Kiva did it at forty. This lady, you know, hopped around at age ninety. I mean, it's it's never too late to get out of that lowness, that low state. This is one of the messages of Purim. Vinahapachu. We can become great right now. It doesn't matter that we were deserving of annihilation. We can change that. We can go out of our state our low state and become lofty and become elevated in a, in a moment's notice, pisom, suddenly. And this is in stark contrast to Haman and the Nimusi HaMelech, the etiquette of the king. The, the Ben Yoyada points out, Yesh Kona Olamo, Bisha Achas is Roshi Tevos, the first letter of each of those words, if you rearrange them, spells Akiva. And again, again, we just pointed out that Rabbi Akiva really was an exemplar of this idea, that it's never too late. It's never too late, and we could become great even in a moment of tremendous darkness, even in a moment of tremendous weakness, we can decide to become great right now. Wishing you a Freilich and Purim. Thank you so much for listening to another Torah Sparks podcast. If you liked it, please rate, please review, please share it. And Mirta Shem, we'll see you next week.